literally forgot it's Friday, so I did not play the right theme for us tonight. But uh, this is midweek. We get meant to get applause here. This is applause for uh, Rachel Bittercoffer and Eric Garland on the after show. Welcome, guys. It's nice to see you again. How was your... Uh, What's the acronym for... Um, I forgot it was Friday because, uh, you know, TGIF is <laughs> is like, you know, that's the antithesis. It's the last five years of my life. You forget it's Friday, Zev. (laughs) Because it just never stops. The news just never stops. It just feels like there's an endless cycle of news and we're just swimming in it and trying to keep up with it. So um, that's my excuse. But, you know, maybe it might be dementia or some other things. Who knows? Anything might be possible. I couldn't let that slide by, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you couldn't. We have a busy show tonight. We're going to talk a lot about Ginny Thomas. We're going to talk about uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson. But we're also going to talk about Ukraine and what uh, Joe Biden might be saying as early as tomorrow, which is exciting and interesting for interested in peace, maybe an end in sight to the war. Maybe it's too soon to quite say an end, but could be an end to the war. You got to see a BMX track today, I believe, Rachel. I did. I found one in the wild with my little when we were just out there biking around. And dang, if it's not like, you know, a quarter mile from the front door. Isn't that great? I remember BMXs because it's my time. I used to have a BMX bike. You guys are the same time, both of you, right? Did you have BMX bikes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And see, the closest thing I can relate this to is like my I lived in, in the suburbs growing up and they were building new houses all the time. So we would steal shit, like build half pipes. And and also like they had these giant dirt mounds that we would bat down and form like temporary BMX tracks. But this is like mm-hmm. the real deal, dude. It's a field. It's been there for years. It's all nice. Like wow, I, I want to cool. go ride it. I had a um, EMX club where we used to be private investigators. We set up a private investigative team, which is quite, uh, quite appropriate <laughs> for what I do now. And so the, the four of us used to ride around with our bikes and uh, see what's going on in our neighborhood. But this is what it looks like well, when you found your... Uh- oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Look at that. Oh, I love how it's been sped up. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, I thought you sped it up. <laughs> He's just so fast. Look at him. See? That's my little meal ticket. We're gonna be we're gonna go BMX training. I'm gonna live vicarious. It's gonna be BMX bandits every weekend. <laughs> Before extreme sports, it was extreme trips to the ER. Yeah, well, you know, that's how you know you're alive. Back in the day, back in the day. Now we got, you know, <laughs> watchful. Yeah, he's got I a helmet. Mean, he's got like, watchful parents, you know. You guys should keep in mind, I mean, audience too, like Gaby's awesomely autistic. And look at him. He's out there killing it, dude. Are we just going to watch that for a while? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the most calming thing of this week. I mean, I we should let that go for another five minutes. Like everyone lower now. the blood pressure yeah, before we go so any further. Better, dude. <laughs> Actually, it does make me feel calm <laughs> seeing him do that. that. Was, Maybe we should just watch it for a while. That was um, chamomile tea for the right? souls. <laughs> we need that. We need that a bit. I think everyone's had You guys have seen BMX Bandits, right? The 80s movies? Like, remember when the BMX movies were all like the rage, dude? I don't know. Not in South Africa, we didn't get them, but maybe. I know. It's so weird because, like, nobody that, like, it's very few people who had childhoods similar to mine that are in, like, the nerd world, you know? Like, we raged it, dude. We had a great childhood. The three of us are in the same same time zone, like, literally the same period of time. I think we both popped out of the womb in the same, in the same two or three years. So we were there for, like, skateboarding's not a crime. That whole movement, stacking up the stickers. Trooper Bergens would chase us with our skateboards. And as long as we made it home, he wouldn't steal them. It was nice. Just, I still remember. I still think Duran Duran is one of the best bands in the world. And I mean, that just tells you everything about what yeah, I'm it but is. It is. One of the no best one's bands. arguing. 
Should we do Ukraine or should we do Ginny Thomas? What should we start off with? Let's do with that old battle axe. Let's do Ukraine kind of first, right? Because that's kind of sadder. We, we don't know that's for right. sure there's going to be a peace accord. So then we can yeah. end on a high note by roasting Jenny Thomas. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I, mean, that. I like that. I like that thinking. Let's get to Ukraine. Um, so tomorrow, Biden is going to make an address. No one's quite sure what that address is going to be about, but he's in Poland. It seems to me that there'll be some sort of announcement, potentially about a humanitarian effort. Will it be NATO-wide? Will it just be some NATO countries? It's unclear, but it does look like there'll be some humanitarian effort. And it comes at the same time that a general from the Russian army has confirmed that they are limiting their uh, military action right now to the Donbass region and the expansion of that Donbass region, which is basically all they've had success at. And that's what they're calling the end of phase one. In the meantime, it seems like the- <laughs> <laughs> this is phase phase one is complete all right we've lost 10 percent of our army which is literally decimated and like but, six ah, generals now we're just dude. warming up <laughs> well, they it's like 20 percent of the general of the generals they have <laughs> it's like playing stratego with a four-year-old who puts all the big officers up front and like dude what are you doing with your colonel out no there? shit and, dude i mean let's hats off to those ukrainian snipers though man <laughs> It's quite incredible. Well, it's how they, did you see that video of the ship that they blew up? Boy, that was impressive video. It was a blow to the Russians who'd been, uh, you know, putting Mariupol under siege. It turns out I'm kind of bloodlusty. Who knew? <laughs> In this case, maybe. There's an area here <laughs> called Trans, Transnistria. I, look, this is a war where John Deere is the third most lethal defense contractor after uh, Mickey Angurovich uh, jet aircraft and Northrop Grumman. I mean... This is historic. Yeah. Say that again. I didn't quite get the significance. That was a tractor joke. A John Deere, you yeah, see all this stuff. Are, you know, they, they, they keep, they they keep seizing things. With, yeah. They've and this is a shout out to my, <laughs> my my fellow farm humor enthusiast, Soy Cheek, on Twitter. She said, fear the reapers uh, with the picture of oh. the <laughs> combine harvester. Like, yeah. I just don't know what, I'm to- what you're talking about. I went with the farmer so steals the tank. The farmer steals the tank. Hi, <laughs> that, was that was several days ago. So okay, I, probably I missed that. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, back to phase one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Phase one ends in jokes. Ends, it does. Uh, yeah. ends in beers. <laughs> I mean, shit, we could has- get... Um, uh, what's his name? Bill Murphy and Dan Aykroyd to do stage or phase one, like reenact it, you know? <laughs> oh, we just okay, we opened up talking about how this was all we were 80s kids and whatnot. Like we all were raised with the thought that a war with Russia would be extremely like Wolverines. I mean, this could get down to Kansas. We could have to rumble. And instead, like phase one's over and we're at Saturday Night Live Zingers. No. Yeah, I mean, so, it is, it is things have changed in 40 years. It has. Yeah, this up, hasn't he? I'm agreeing with both of you that, I mean, this has not been quite what they intended. However, they will argue and they will have some claim to this argument that if they keep this region, which I don't think they should be allowed to keep this region, but they're going to try and keep this region, which is which this, region? this region here, which is this. Um, yeah, that's great. Thanks. That's the Russian casualty zone. So wait a minute. They're going to have this hole in the middle between Crimea and this new territory in theory that they think that they can get off and like this marathon. They're going to have holes and stuff. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy to think about because it leaves you exposed on multiple fronts if you're them, you know? It's been a month. In an operation like this, you should be at the Capitol 
owning some radio stations. And they're instead, you know, saying, all right, well, phase one, that'll show you. Phase one is done. And we may keep some of the stuff that we kind of had anyhow, sort of, only with my missing 10 to 20% of our armed forces. But they shouldn't keep them, in my, my point. I mean, they shouldn't. Really of course keep not. They should be, we should be telling them quite clearly that they aren't allowed to have this whole area at all. They yes, that's why we're collapsing their economy. Yeah. That's why we're, that's why we're kicking the, remember, they, Biden came out and said, these guys are war criminals. They're being disinvited from the G20. They are being voted off all the islands everywhere. <laughs> but That's I why I tell I people, it. I'm like, it's painful to watch because, you know, we want to go in there and save civilian lives. But what we did economically was un- there's never been anything even remotely close to that in the world. Right. Like, I've never seen it is records. a nuclear bomb of economic oh, explosion. But, right. There's never been an attack on an economy like it before. And it's only started. So, and if they you know, can't get resupplied out of uh, China, I mean, they're just screwed, dude. There's no one to send them anything of note, of substance, because we are the ones that send all of our shit to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> you know, exactly. Russians are the ones that supply a lot of the military equipment out, you know. There we go. Yeah, they should not have this air region. I mean, I'm just thinking that, you know, we should, you know, Zelensky's going to be under a lot of pressure to agree to give them some of this territory, but screw them. They lost. Hold on. Rachel's point there is huge because all around the world, a lot of geopolitics for decades now, definitely during the Cold War, but ever since, you know, there's only so many countries that make weapons platforms for realsies. Mm. The United States, Great Britain, which is kind of a little bit of, you know, we're kind of teammates there. The French. And the Russians are the huge ones. The Chinese are kind of getting the game, but come on now. I mean, you know, the main suppliers have been the Russians and the United States. Mm-hmm. And the Russians can't supply themselves. For decades, they have been fueling world conflicts. And hey, you know, to be realistic, so have we. That's what, ha- you know, when we arm somebody else up, whether it's Iran, Iraq, or, you know, any other conflict, so are we. But here's the thing. That's their game. And they can't supply themselves. That is a century level game changer. That's a history level game changer that Rachel just pointed out. That's a really good point. Eric, I'm so glad that you riffed off of that because I saw your reaction and it's just, you know, me doing my soapbox, but you're right. I mean, now that I think about it through, where do you go to resupply the weapons? Even if you had the rubles, which are useless right now. Like where? There's nowhere to go. You are the source. And it it really does underscore how bad this was planned because Putin was so sure that they'd roll in and be able to like basically um, amass what Ukraine had. Right. That's what they were expecting. They'd go in there. They'd overtake them. They'd take their shit, all the, all the Western yeah. military aid had gotten. And so they didn't bother to think, like, what happens if we can't do that? And now they're fucked. I love it. I do love that. And I think it's such a great point. So what you're saying, both of you, is that we're entering another great American century. Because up until now, it's been very tough for America to find a renewal. But this war may, in fact, be part of that renewal. Because Russia, as our great foe, is pretty much limping off the battlefield. Yeah, America's brand is, you know, is trying to do good things after we've exhausted all the existing choices. You know, militarily, we were in a position as a nation to take over the rest of the world in 1947 if we would want to press the issue. If we were not afraid of committing atrocities, we could have owned the planet. And I think a lot of the people who do think like empires know that. And so that's where America got its reputation, not for being perfect, but for doing the right thing when possible. 
and trying to and legitimately trying to support democracy. However, faced with an adversary like Russia that is expert at covert operations, that has a great taste for atrocity, they find it humorous even at the, the high levels, you know, involved in all kinds of covert stuff from you know drug dealing, you know, to, to child smuggling, to election interference and everything in between. You know, the 20th century, you know, was that the American century? Because we spent a lot of time and energy fighting the Soviets and that style of hybrid warfare, which has continued on. We just didn't recognize it in its mob spy state post 90s. I think we might actually have an American century now Mm -hmm. because with Russia taken out so completely like they're about to be, you know, China's getting restrained economically, diplomatically, and militarily as well. And this is a hell of a warning to them, of course. Basically, you know, if we don't have mobsters and spies all over the damn place all the damn time, we can actually have some, you know, rule of law, some capitalism, some, you know, people starting businesses and human rights, progress, that kind of stuff would be nice. That stuff. Yeah, it would be nice. You know, I, I think what you're saying about China is absolutely right. And China's sort of, you know, especially Xi has got this choice he's got to make. Is he going to sort of continue being the bad guy on the planet or is, and with a partner who does, can't even fight anymore in Putin? Or is he going to join up with the United States and actually try lead some sort of renewal in the world and a new openness in the world? And one certainly hopes, and it seems like he is, leaning in that direction as he wants to go into a third term, which is going to be tough for him anyhow. You know, this might be the resolution of this great conflict that we've been anticipating between these two superpowers. We might have just won, maybe it's too soon to say, but we might have just won that big battle of the ages. Yeah, Z's decision, I mean, this there, there's not going to be a more consequential decision for China since Nixon in the open, right? Yeah. This is huge, a huge fucking moment for them, for the whole world. Because whichever they decide is going to have massive implications for all of us. But at the end of the day, if Z does not resupply Putin, his long-term friend and somewhat communist-type ally, that's a huge, huge disadvantage for Russia. They're not, I mean, like I said, they don't have supply options other than China that can really meet the demands of a large-scale military operation. Now, Eric, I want, I want to ask you this. Zev, can you put your map back up for a second? Okay. So this red, like, circle that's going over, is that just to do- denote, like, the entire front? This red zone is well, basically the area they've contested, and they've done pretty well. At. So you see Mariupol over there? Mariupol yeah, is yeah. that city that was under siege, still under siege. They basically are overtaking it. That little area between Mariupol and where Crimea starts, they have a narrow band, just a tiny bridge that they've been able to build along the coastline that does connect the Donetsk region and Luhansk region to Crimea. But they do not have this giant swath all under control. They're contesting this giant swath, but they do have this tiny little land bridge, which is all along the coastline. You know, strategically important. Crimea sort of connects to Russia on the side. So it gives them both, you know, access to Russia on both sides of the Sea of Azov, which is in the Black Sea. Strategically very important to them and also very yeah i can tell you like to me when i look at this i'm like man if they can't hold that strip the coastline strip running between the two territories they're going to be incredibly vulnerable to you know a pincher military strategy to come around both ends and then kind of joke them off dude that's what i would do they've also lost i mean if they've lost they should leave i mean they don't get to keep any territory just get out get out go home you know the rest of the world needs that territory as well so That's my opinion. Can we just talk about how brilliant Joe Biden is? Because, you know, Sleepy Joe turned out to be not so sleepy after all. He anticipated a remarkable 
event and it was planned for it brilliantly. He was able to unite an alliance which had been fraying at the edges, really, since uh, Trump was in power. He was able to bring everyone together, organize the global sanctions, and he's incredibly I mean, this was really quick. I mean, it's, it's hard to over, <laughs> over express how quick it was. The world doesn't move quickly at all on these things. For there to be such a giant coordinated move around the world so instantaneously mm. is unbelievable. And if there's any doubt about America's leadership in the world, that those have got to be dismissed. I mean, there is none of that. Clearly, America is what people look to, is America is what the country that people aspire to be. And it's why he was able to do that. But it's because of him. I really do believe that it's because of him. Oh, yes. We were able and to pull was- this off. If he was a Republican, Zev, then his approval would be in the 80s right now because the Republican partisans in the poll, and this includes a lot of right-leaning indies, just will not. And he could, he could have tomorrow. We could have peace and imagine on steroids tomorrow. And still, these Republicans will never say they approve of the job he's doing in office. They will never give it to him. But I don't get that. I mean, we've just won this major, you know, century-long yeah. conflict. Like, it's, it's going to be a huge huge moment when this is finally I, I get it yeah i know why they're not excited because right. if biden continues to be president then they're all going to prison lots of them <laughs> and i know we keep saying that and i we're going to get around to racking on jenny thomas here yeah. and the rest of them but um well, so they had a thing at the uh, the tennessee state house where the head of the republican party and like 11 other dudes all got hit with subpoenas to appear before a grand jury and yeah. there is the most, uh, I mean, I'm, I have my new ringtone. I've just seen the video. I'm not sure if it's a Republican who's just trying to be sincere and friendly or if it's a Democrat who isn't having entirely too much fun with it. But they're like, well, uh, just a big shout out, a big welcome to the FBI who's in the house. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to listen to that on repeat. That <laughs> Are you kidding, Zeb? How, Zeb, you got to make that happen, dude. I got to hear it. We'll release it as a It's out there. Um, yeah, I mean. I have not heard this. I, you know, I took a rare, uh, I never take personal time. But <laughs> It's so beautiful and I'm in Oregon and there's, yeah, it's just the most beautiful place in the world. And it's always going to be beautiful all summer too. It's not like transient. And we just decided we were going to have a good day. (laughs) We we might actually take the time to appreciate when a dozen dudes get yanked before a grand jury, like the head of the Jews. Well, hearty, hearty welcome to the FBI who's here. It's like he had to say that on the floor of the Tennessee House. Is that what you're saying? Like the FBI showed up in session and delivered these subpoenas? Um, Well, they've been slightly more subtle in Missouri where they're everyone's like, have you heard from the FBI yet? And then I just go and I go to Pacer and, uh, you know, a federal uh, search warrant is going to be marked in Pacer when it's filed as United States versus suppressed. That means it's a, uh, a magistrate judge has signed off on a federal search warrant. So I just go and I do the, the weeks, you know, whatever the docket has been at federal court in Eastern District of Missouri. And uh, it's just U.S. v. suppressed, v. suppressed, v. suppressed, v. suppressed, v. suppressed. was like, man, the suppressed family is on an incredible crime spree. But realistically, <laughs> it's just dozens. Yeah, it's like these guys are in trouble because there's dozens of federal search warrants. And people, you know, some people get on and go, oh, well, that's a normal way to mark that. Yeah, but if you were watching it every month, then you'd know that that ain't the normal amount. 
And yeah, of yeah. course, these things start to expand like you find more and then you go get more and you find more. So that, uh, you know, I'd been watching that for some months. And then I'd heard that in Jefferson City, the capital, people were like, oh, you, did you have brunch with the FBI yet? <laughs> and, <laughs> Good. I yeah, mean, don't lie to them, guys. It's a long time coming. I know. Missouri, right? I, today I was kind of proud because like the chair of the DNC tweeted out, hey, you know, they all tried to overthrow the duly elected government, right? And I'm like, yeah, plus your RNC counterpart, Ronna McDaniel. Don't forget her because she had a leading role in this, dude. And I Let's am waiting. Talk about this. I, I got to tell you, there's two indictments I look for the most, Trump's and Ronna McDaniel, dude. <laughs> right? Absolutely. We all have our favorites. Let's yep. talk about Ginny Thomas here, because uh, this is quite a scandal. This is turning out to be, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably the biggest scandal we've had in a long time. It doesn't seem like everyone else is echoing that sentiment. And I think that's probably because, you know, maybe people aren't interested in another big fight right now. Or maybe the Democrats have just typically don't have their firepower. But this is a huge scandal. I mean, you've got, you've got the white. <laughs> what is there to sitting. say? <laughs> she wants to barge us all to Guantanamo. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's just what she yeah. said. They were talking about, you know, she's the wife of the sitting Supreme Court justice, and she's talking about arresting the president of the United States. The current president just won the war with Russia and China and the rest of the world and sending him off to Guantanamo Bay and like indicting him or whatever it is they were going to do down there for war crimes or not war crimes. Like, what are they actually? I don't even know what they were saying. Uh, the sedition. They wanted sedition. to charge us. <laughs> sedition. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> I mean, you've got well, these you texts that. I was just going to say he had the, the attorney general of Alabama who was part of the organization of January 6th. They brought him in as a witness for uh, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson and uh, Sheldon Whitehouse, the senator, just kept railing on him. So say it with me. Joe Biden was the lawfully elected president. He's, like, <laughs> He's president. <laughs> what was that? He, so he was lawfully elected in November 2020, right? He's the, the man who had, says president on his front <laughs> door of something. Say it with me. You guys still, it's, we're, it's March 2022. This old battle axe is, you know, do not concede. It takes time for the army. Who's giving it it's over. This knucklehead was texting to the chief of staff of the president. Hey, treason, treason, treason. Why, how about you overthrow the government? Hey, don't give up. It's a great time to overthrow the government. We're using their own Sorry, I got to get away from the mic. Their own consumer electronics. <laughs> their, their own. <laughs> a century of, of my family's organized crime. Sorry, I'm half Italian, so you just make the draw the inference. But, you know, a century of mobsters and spies who use tradecraft and, and a, were a little bit cautious. You know, these people are like, okay, okay. Uh, you know, just like commit treason now. <laughs> Overthrow the election thingy. Come on, we can do it. How about you kill your colleagues? But these are not on their own goddamn phones. You cannot. This with this whole. If this you're doing dystopia porn in like 1996, and you submitted this to Hollywood, years 2020. No shit. It would have been like I got no tunes. Get out of my. Any of this shit to Hollywood, dude. No way i mean people think about all the shit that we've seen in three or four or five years man it's just you couldn't sell the beginning of the story dude 
Donald Trump. <laughs> Let me guess. Donald Trump's president first, right? No, actually, oh. he actually is. Get out wow. of the office. Wow, wow, wow. You're in a roll. Well done. Well done. Well done. Yeah, so, that's awesome, Eric. <laughs> so, you know, um, we, 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 we have to keep, keep you on indictment watch, you know, every Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you should. It's pretty good at this stuff. So November 6th. Yeah, but I, you know, let me one more point to Eric. I mean, yeah. here's the thing, Eric. It's not just that the crime is so sloppily executed that it's painful to fucking watch like when i sit and think we have to have justice we have to have justice not just because these people did these horrible things but they did them on their own fucking phones right. like right, right. in everybody they tweeted their treason yep that's what they, i'm saying they, like they, we can't no i mean this. you just can't ignore that no <laughs> i don't let the people future, on twitter know when i'm in a bad mood <laughs> I, I don't Shit, me you know either, I, dude <laughs> no I, I try and keep it all you know just all sort of you know it's for public you know not like kill nancy pelosi i mean like you know oh dude i can promise you there are zero behavior. local state federal crimes that ever occur on my phone you know like, come on dude <laughs> I'm not going to Never answer that. I'm not going to comment about that question um, or that comment. But dystopia. Hey, uh, Rachel, porn. let's launder some money this weekend. What <laughs> no would you shit. think? Yeah, here, let me DM you on Twitter. My bank account info. Good, because I was hoping. Thanks, Rachel. I was hoping to uh, evade some tax here nationally. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah, it's so absurd. Like, we got to have justice, dude. Got it. All right. All right. I've okay, stolen I... all these kids' lunch money, and it's got to go somewhere. I don't want to declare it on my 1040. So how about we put it through your Cayman's account? I like when Trump sent all of those people like a few weeks ago. Hey, I'm buying a new private jet with all your money. Give me some more money. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. You guys are. They're not perfect. sending us their best mobsters. They're not. No. They, we sent them back. Those mobsters aren't even going to be here anymore. Uh, let's read some of these texts. So she said on November 6th to him, do not concede. It takes time for the army who's gathering for his back. Now, what's she gathering an army for? You know, an army, an army for three months later. <laughs> <laughs> then she then she goes on November 10th. She tells help this great president stand firm, Mark. The left tastes their power. You're the leader with him who is standing for America's constitutional governance at the precipice. The majority knows Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history. I mean, what are they talking well, I, about? I read that a little differently. Yeah. I read that as, yo, Mark, they know that you know about all the cigarette money laundering through some of the Native uh, American reservation casinos in your district up in North Carolina. Don't forget we know about that, dude. You're going down with us, too. Right. So jump oh, on it. That's interesting. That's a good way of looking at it. Look at the people who surrounded Trump like at the very last minute. First, yeah, you have Whiskey Steve Bannon comes back. You got Bernie Carrick. I mean, it's really, the you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the, <laughs> the A-list. But, but even folks that they're A-list in some ways, they're kind of a federalist, <laughs> you know, weirdo federalist backbone people like yeah. John C. Eastman, who, you know, the that was his case with a January 6th committee filed a court pleading. They're like, uh, we have these guys on crimes, so they don't get privilege because crime fraud. That was John, this guy, this attorney, John C. Eastman. Mm. That dude is a nutter. And he just shows up and he's got like, you know, Glenn Beck like charts of here's how you can remain president through treason, you know, like treason, treason, dot, 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 profit. And, you know, the guy, you know, he's just this old coot 
this is not the 18 like Goebbels and Goering and right. you know Ehrlich. No, not the, the good not you know A list Nazi guys. These are these B-listers. are like the very last people in the world that would work well, for Trump. These are the last Linda- people who'd sign up. That's who showed up at the end. Sydney Powell yep. and Rudy Giuliani. Remember when Lindo walked Proud. in with the big list and the sharpies for his like how to steal the election, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone photographed it. Oh, it's so funny, dude. Well, oh, they did it God. out in the open. They did it for everyone to see. So if there is a put this guy at CIA and he's got like you know his yeah the, the paper facing outward walking into the white house like oi 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 let's read a couple more just so we get this uh, some the news part out of it here so then november 13th she's saying city Powell and improved coordination whatever that might mean now will help the cavalry come and fraud exposed and america saved don't let her and your assets be marginalized instead yes maybe interesting help her be the lead and the face so advocating there that Sidney Powell be the very front force, the face for this whole thing, which of course she was. We know that she sort of was, and we know that Donald Trump was also in meetings with her, describing what they were going to do in December, which means Jenny Thomas was really in cahoots with the president on this. It wasn't just Mark Meadows. Oh, yeah. This means that oh, you know, yeah. the president of the United States was involved in Sidney Powell being the lead face. Yes, Jenny Thomas saying, hey, she should be the lead face. So you had like Jim Jordan, Kevin McCarthy and others who, uh, you know, and people in the legislative branch. Yeah. The entire executive branch. And then you get the judicial. Wow. That's all three. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, they, were, you know, Isn't this a separation it, of powers it, thingy. Yeah. Well, it's probably why they felt like they could go ahead because they're like, well, hold on. We don't and we'll all get off because, you know, we own the Supreme Court now. Nobody thinking that there's an FBI that might have tap, tap, tap on anybody's shoulder during that, like, you might want to not do what they're suggesting, you know? Which <laughs> is really important. They thought almost certainly they were going to succeed because they had all this influence, including Ginny Thomas's husband, who's on the Supreme Court. So, and who acted, it seems, in many of his judgments to support Trump and his claims against uh, the election. So, he We've also a, cameos in those text messages yes. under his nickname, My best, best friend. friend. My Best Friend. That's, everyone knows who... They call each other that, so. So Trump was under the illusion that he was going to make this happen. They all thought this was going to work. And And that's why they were doing it out of the open. They probably didn't think for a second that they would do it. Keep in mind, they thought it would work, and then they thought what they could do was end free democracy, end the press, start rounding people up. I mean, they had it in a plan, and the president stood there that one day in front of the big red whatever curtain and acknowledged that he understood what it meant. It meant killing and jailing their opponents and yeah. all oh, of yeah. the media, right? Hanging Mike Pence, hanging Nancy Pelosi, yeah. and that was basically the plan. That's how they were going to yeah. do it. So, Why not? You know, when we got started here, it's like there's just so much and you forget how much has gone on in a week. I believe there was a testimony in the trial in Michigan from one of the uh, domestic terrorists who turned state's evidence, who was part of the plot to murder Governor Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan just prior to or around the time of the election. And he revealed in his testimony this week, yeah, we were going to kill her. And that way we were going to keep Trump in power. So we finally have now connected. And I've been talking about this for a little while that it wasn't just going to stop with January 6th. People were ready around the country. Now go and think of like, you know, why this might take a year 
to wrap up is that there's a lot of these different domestic terrorist organizations that were planning on coming for state capitals. And the ones who went to DC on January 6th, you know, they were 750 to a thousand arrests already, but there were a bunch, according to this guy who just testified out in open court this just this week, that that was going the spirit of January 6th, the one of murder and torture and autocracy was going to spread to our own backyards. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Our own state capitals. Exactly and so plan. that's something that came out this week. And I think that's, you know, for everyone who's like, how come we haven't slapped handcuffs on everyone? It's like, you really have to make a case to get across to people what was just going on. And that is a key, one of many, but that is a super key element of like, these lunatics were thinking of the unthinkable, mm-hmm. including yes. like right down to your backyard. And I have no, I don't think I'm necessarily first on anyone's list. But I've known since Trump was elected, I'm like, I don't know when they're going to get to a mouthy guy like me, but it's eventually, so I might as well put all the chips in the middle of the table because, you know, th- those kind of people don't like guys like me and they don't like no you shit, guys either, And, and you know what I, like, frustrates the living shit out of me because I don't like people like me or Zev either, right? But like, you know, it takes a while and I'll be gone by the time they're coming after me because I'm not fucking stupid, right? So I'll be gone. <laughs> but... At the end of the day, right, that they aren't going to stop with us. They aren't going to stop with right. jailing Democrats and progressives and social Democrats and socialists and probably at some point Latinos, whatever they go after, right? They're not going to stop know, there, guys. Most of us are Once moderates. they keep through all of that and you have a totalitarian system in mm. place, we can see this in Italy and Mussolini's regime. We can see it in Stalin's regime Nazi break once they start that once they're done eating everyone else then they eat you Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and all these people who had to be reprogrammed into useful idiots Mm -hmm. okay they are going to eat you too and your families you do not want to live in a totalitarian system because it will eat everyone and everything that's good because they see the world in terms of this is a fight of good versus evil, says Mark Meadows in to Thomas on one text. Evil always looks like the victor until the king of kings triumphs. Now, again, we're meant to have a separation of state and religion in this country because it just makes sense because we don't want people like this running our government. It's ridiculous that there is a zealot like this inside the second, really, in the White House. Chief of staff is one of the most important people there, clearly. And the fact that he is thinking in terms of the King of Kings triumphing is scary. I mean, it's just terrifying because then you're talking about, you know, sort of a, the dark ages and religious persecution on a level we've never seen before. Never mind just uh, persecution for people's ideological opinions, but for religious reasons. And we've seen where that goes in the past. And no then, doubt. Yeah. I mean, you know, these I, people are the same people who understand that Iran is a danger, right? Yeah. Because it's a religious theocracy and talkercy. That's, you know, where, where there really there's no difference, right, between church and state. I mean, the worst form of government is a religiously oriented one yeah. if you care about religious freedom. Yeah. Right? It's <laughs> desperately scary. I think there's two crews in there. I think you've got the people that have been using, you know, religion as a cover because it's a great cover story for totalitarianism. It's like, you know, you there's a great essay out there called It's a Straight Line from the pulpit to the resolute desk. And it's about how, you know, these little churches, you have people, you know, telling their, you know, the flock to follow one 
pretty flawed guy. And that just, you know, scales up to then this asshole who's president, you know, and, you know, you got the true believers there. And then you have the people that just know they're using it as a tool. And I don't think it really matters. Either way, this is a cover for do what I said, because I said so. And when we get to this, you know, when you're in the, you know, the flock and, you know, give me money and all that, that's one level. But when it gets up to this level of government, it's dot, 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 or I'll fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we were at mm-hmm. yeah, a we, few months yeah. ago and still are yes. at. Yeah. Yes. And Not why done. this country was started in the first place. It was founded because we wanted to get away from autocracy and monarchies and what have you. I mean, it just seems unbelievable and unconscionable that these people are still talking about that very idea. She responds, by the way, oh, Jenny Thomas responds oh, by saying, Go ahead, I was go. just going to say, Zev, yes, thank you for the, you know, I come from original Puritan stock there all the way back to that colony in uh, Massachusetts. And, you know, Puritanism is defined by the sneaking, terrible suspicion that somewhere someone is having fun. <laughs> and, and, you know, the founding fathers particularly were aware of the religious history of Europe where we were murdering each other over a differently edited book in the same religion. And they just thought that was insane. And so that's why they wanted religious stuff. Just we're here to make money folks. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's, 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 that's why they were about freedom of religion, do whatever you want, but we're not getting rid of slavery yet. Cause you know, the American the century, money. as we were talking about earlier, has been a relatively peaceful century. It's only since world war two that we've had these long periods of relative peace in the world. I mean, it's relative because of course we've had conflict. It's true. It's because America has existed and because there is this beacon of hope and this beacon of freedom in the world that people can turn to in times of crisis. And, you know, we don't want to screw with that because if we start doing becoming a theocracy, no one's going to turn to us for any help. She responds, by the way, let me get back to this quickly. She says, because, thank you, Mark, I needed that. This plus a conversation with my best friend, Wink Wink, just now. That's what apparently she needed. I wonder what that conversation was. And by the way, we only have one text from Mark, so I don't know what else he said back and forth to her during these like three months or four months that they were in conversation with each other. But it is interesting they're having this conversation. Apparently, he dumped that over. Oh, and here's a data point there. You know who his attorney is? George Terwilliger III. Now, that name doesn't, if you're not a DOJ dork, that might not jump out at you. He was running the Eastern District of Virginia as U.S. attorney under Trump, which means he had the National Security Division. EDVA is a big U.S. attorney's office. Yeah, it is a big division. So he's the attorney for Meadows? For Meadows. That's right. Oh, yeah. You know that um, Meadows is Madison Cawthorn's like patron. He's the one who made Madison Cawthorn. In fact, he's Meadows has pa- is a patron of anything. Yeah, no, he's the guy who he's, he groomed him for his position. And, he did, and basically gave him his position. So he uh, knew he was tells you where this is going for. He heard he was uh, guilty of sexual assault. He's like, oh yeah. shit, yeah. you're the guy. I that need. and the visit to <laughs> the Hitler's uh, summer camp. Apparently, those two things were what sealed it for him. So. Interesting that that's an ideological point of view that they're coming from. So a couple of interesting things. I've been doing a little bit of research. People might be interested in some of this. So the CNP is the Council for National Policy. Many of you have heard about it on the show because we've had people like Ann Nelson on the show describing it. It's a big honking organization. It includes all these things that are kind of anathemas to democracy, but nevertheless have existed. Things like the Federalist Society, which help elect these Supreme Court justices, the Judicial Crisis Network, same thing. ALEC, which is this organization which does basically how would you describe that? Like, like they make laws, they write laws for provinces oh, can to I describe it real quick? Yeah, yeah. Tell us what ALEC is. To know, because yeah. it's so important. Yeah, I mean, ALEC stands for the American Legislative Exchange Council, and it's been operating for 20 years unabated in what it does now, which is 
Like, so these trans bills, the CRT bans, they produce one version of that. And then they give it out to their Republican caucuses and all the state houses, state senates. And so it's model legislation. And that's why, like, you can go from zero to 14 bans on CRT in a week, right? Right. And they've been doing that. So, like, these misperceptions is that, like, the Republican voters never get shit. And why do they keep voting for Republicans? Well, it's not true at the state level. At the state level, they've been getting a lot of shit in the red states. I mean, they've been, like, really radically governed over the last 10 years especially. And if you source code every one of those fucking radical movements, Alec is at the heart of it. Exactly. You know, that's Alec. Then they also have uh, this Ali Alexander Stop the Steel thing came out of CNP. Eagle Forum. I'm not sure what Eagle Forum is. I think it's just one of these. Uh, that's Schlafly's. that's a St. Louis based. Um, oh. That's Phyllis Schlafly's. Oh. Yeah. Right wing yeah. thing. Tied to the Knights of Malta. I believe Ed Martin, I didn't know he was Judicial Crisis Network. I believe Ed Martin was head of the, the Missouri GOP for a while. He got a subpoena for Jan 6 as well. So, yeah, yeah this is all. Lots in these positions. So, some of these might be a little outdated, but, you know, they certainly all held these positions at the time of Jan 6. And then also Charlie Kirk, we all know about Charlie Kirk, sort of this youth organization movement called Turning Point that he has. Yeah, because... but Zeb, what you guys don't know and I haven't been able to disclose until now yeah. is this, right? So, I just did his show, as you guys you know. Did and uh, and it Charlie took a little Kirk. while for them to want to air it. <laughs> and then they didn't promo it. And then he got kicked off of Twitter. So, you know, whatevs, because I handed it. Who, who, who did? Uh, Charlie Kirk. Rachel did a show with uh, Charlie Kirk at Austin recently where she did a debate. Yeah, yeah but well, no, in Arizona. So, like, Kirk got kicked off of Twitter, Eric. I guess you missed this two days ago, three maybe now, for a very racist tweet about Kamala Harris. That he had a picture of her and it said, this is the nation's first affirmative action vice president, and soon they're going to have an affirmative action judge for life. <laughs> Which is just, you know, it's not, it's so fucking racist, it makes you want to puke, right? But in any case, my point of this is this I went down and I did Kirk's show, and I did it for a lot of reasons, mostly to talk to his audience. But also, you know, because shit, you want to take me to the turning point headquarters, dude. He obviously don't know who I am. Not really. So yeah, I'll come. And like, here's the thing, dude. They are sitting on like one of the most expensive pieces of real estate in Phoenix. It's Tempe, Phoenix. And it's like, you know, this area that's hot, hot, hot. He's got an office compound for turning point. Three like six story separate structures, buildings. Okay. Wow. No, yes, that's right. Okay, Zev. Wow. In one, they only got to go into one, but there are three and they all have beautiful, like custom giant signs outside of them. One of them is called Turning Point Logistics. Okay. So to me, when I looked at that building, I thought right away, that's a big ass data fucking compound. And then when I was in there, like all the kids that work for him, which are mostly 20 somethings, mm -hmm. They were flying everywhere. Okay. They, people were coming in from flights. People were getting on flights. They brought me down first class, paid for an extra night in the room, even though I was like, I would, I was going to pay for it myself to stay there an extra night. Yeah. First class, every thing was first class because the point is they're loaded, loaded, loaded in money. Okay. And if huh. you saw, if there is not an organization on the left that could touch Turning Point. Kid, youth-oriented, or f***ing otherwise in terms of resource. Man, this kid is rolling in the cash, dude. And uh, it just, cash, it seems, we need because... billionaire. We need, I hate to say this, but the left doesn't find a Koch brother 
financier who is strategically minded, who wants to build a shit that looks like that, we are really long term in trouble. I mean, this organization. Is or we need a 90% tax rate for some of these guys. Just thinking out loud. <laughs> well, we, we can't fix shit until we beat them, though, Eric. You know, we got to beat them at the polls. If we want Chick- to ever fix chicken anything. and egg. No, yeah, it's true. CNP is basically a Koch brothers effort. I mean, now it's only one of them, but still, it's funded by the Koch brothers. And a lot of this. And what does it stand very, for? Do you know? Council is for that- National Policy. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's other billionaires in there, but I mean, it certainly seems like, you know, as we discussed last week on Twitter, at least, I don't know if we discussed it on the show, the Coke patriarch made his first some billions making oil refineries for Stalin. So we know that his allegiances are probably in Russia as our descendants. But the point I was getting to was over here, CNP Action is an organization that had included at the time of the January 6th event, Ginny Thomas is one of its directors, and Michael Flynn as a regular partner of theirs, I can find if he holds an office, and a guy named Adam Brandon. Now I know this because, here it is, it's up myself, here's Ginny Thomas's name in the 2019 990EO tax return. There she is, only working for a dollar a year, but named a director. It's Ken Blackwell, who was the Secretary of State for Ohio, and he's like, we're going to deliver Ohio for Bush. I remember that guy. Oh, well, there you go. That's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a friend of Jenny Thomas. And, you know, there's also this. Here she is. They did a presentation all the way through 2018 about the things you could do if you're a member of the CNP that could uh, guide Trump to victory, including this thing that she facilitated, securing a conservative victory in November, says the wife of the Supreme Court Justice, using the <laughs> I Voter Guide and share it with your network, mobilize the base. Other action steps, nationalize the election by using the issues that got Trump elected, write op-eds and letters to the editor, yada, 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 leverage your network. But, you know, it's optically horrific that the wife of the Supreme Court Justice is organizing an event on behalf of Donald Trump to basically canvas, you know, just get him elected. It just seems to me that that's typically obvious that if you've got to be married to a Supreme Court justice, you probably shouldn't be helping someone run for president. I mean, you shouldn't be. Well, the reason you can tell that, Zev, is that there's nobody else that has done that or is doing that now, okay? Just these people on the right. And it's a total anomaly in the modern era. I'm sure you saw all kinds of nepotism and I'm not an expert on the court, you know, court law, but not the judges so well all the way back. So to me, like, I mean, yeah, imagine here's how you can really make it stand out. Imagine Justice Keegan's husband Mm. (laughs) is in charge of Priorities USA or, you know, something like that. It just seems like there's probably a conflict of interest. Or Black Lives Matter or something. I mean, it just seems like it it would not happen. It would just never be allowed. Or any fucking thing that has business before the court. Now, in the case of this conflict of interest, though, with Jeannie Thomas, I just want to make this clear because the media keeps saying, well, you know, it's like, oh, she's married to the Supreme Court justice. The real issue is this bitch may be a fucking defendant, dude, in a coup plot to overthrow the government that will Which go before gonna the court. So it's over. more than that, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Supreme Court would be the ultimate, the ultimate arbiter of who wins an election. No if doubt. there's any conflict about who wins, if, you know, if they succeed in all this confusion, then it goes to the Supreme Court. Go ahead, Eric. Or the federal district level, Eric. Yeah. Think about that. You're the judge that has to convict her. And Thomas is still sitting in his notice. You don't do that. Well, there's, you know, they're all lifetime judges too, at yeah. the federal yeah. level. You know, they might want to be appellate judges. They might want want a shot at SCOTUS, but that's the whole point of the federal bench is that they can never be fired either. So, you know, there are plenty of people who are like 
fuck it, got mine. I'd love to take her out. So, but I, I just wanted to like, mm. you know, riff on some of the implications that people might not think about. So, all right. So what she is involved in was seditious conspiracy, pretty obviously, you know, uh, the uh, Merrick Garland, uh, the attorney general has said that this is the largest investigation, the most urgent investigation, the most complex investigation ever. I'm going to go right ahead and say that she's at least a subject of some investigation, if not a target of a grand jury right now. Now, if that's the case, then there's a high likelihood that at least, you know, the FBI's had, you know, a warrant or two. Let's just go out on this and say, that this okay now she's look she's central to this that's why her name is coming up so quickly um relative to the big players she was a huge part of this i'm thinking her phone must have been too hot to touch right and so that by which i mean they had you know warrants so serious on it that they could open up that phone or for that matter her husband's He's got a lifetime appointment. He don't got a lifetime get out of jail free card for all the felonies he wants. And certainly not for, you know, being surveilled if he's in the commission of felonies. FBI is like that. I mean, I don't think they have a program where they look over all the justices. I certainly hope not. But, you know, any of them, you know, committing treason, you know, yeah, it's going to set off a few alarm bells. If that's the case, then we have audio intercepts of these two knuckleheads, Ginny and Clarence there talking about this shit yeah and which means that's the kind of thing that when that comes out you know in a court setting or whatnot that could be you know the kind of thing that somebody gets impeached over or at least it will convince more and more people like no 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 it's over guys these were you know they were going to kill off democracy it's so. also not just a one-time thing i mean it's not like she had one phone call or waits january the sixth once this was her job this was her actual yeah gig and you know just to prove to you that uh, she was that if just you can still look it up today if you look up at the zoom info you will find uh, two names there that are interesting in the cnp database and you can't really read them that clearly there but one of them says uh, <laughs> jenny thomas on the one side on the right there as a member of the board member of the cnp and on the left still listed after all these years uh, even though it's been public for a while mike flynn mr q himself so now you know we have Jenny Thomas on the same board of directors as Michael Flynn, who's a wingnut by any estimation and believer in Q and all sorts of crazy things, which means, you know, people are saying Q is in the Supreme Court. I mean, Q is basically in the Supreme Court. It's like it's a doorstep away from the Supreme Court. And Jenny Thomas allowed that to happen. So that is kind of remarkable to me that we got this guy who was running around for those months doing what he was doing in inflaming this insurrection. And then, you know, she's in touch with him because they're on the CNP together. And not only the CNP together, they're on this little committee called the CNP Action Committee, which I've just shown you before. So that's what yeah, I got to say about that. It turns out CNP stands for completely not patriotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. Like it. Like it. <laughs> The only point really is this is a large-scale effort by a lot of these right-wing, really big names. I mean, these are talking about the biggest names in the right wing. Now, I'm not going to land up arresting all these people and throwing them in jail. I, I don't see that, Eric. But there must be a lot of well, emphasis. Well, I can have, Eric and I are both, I can see it on your face, Eric. <laughs> the f- we don't want to see them locked up, dude. They are all criminals, up. dude. I want to see them perp-locked. Yeah. I want to see that dude with the white sign outside with traitor on it. I want all these state officials. I want them all 
locked up. And then if we don't do that, then it won't matter what Republicans do when they take power. I personally think that they're going to use it to come after everybody and just absolve, you know, the free press, suspend the Constitution, blah, blah, blah. But it won't fucking matter. Because if we don't have resolution on the law, when you have this kind of flagrant, they just shit on the Constitution, right? It's not even that they pissed on it. They shit on it and lit it on fire, Sev. And we we are going to be a nation that survives this pickup in our development. We have to hold them all legally accountable. 100%. We have to. Will we is a whole other question. I have to say, Donald Trump is still really running for president this year. I mean, that to me is the ultimate test of yeah. and the ultimate reason not to do this. Is he, you know, by all, all the indications are that he will be running uh, in 2024 uh, for the presidency and he might win. You know, he's still the biggest name. You'll tell us. Uh, Rachel, but there's before. nothing normal, like a, a normal political party in a normal country that's not in collapse would disallow that man to run. Right. Okay. It's like, so the fact that it's not like they have to let him fucking run for the Republican nomination. There's, it's a party decision, right. okay? And like the fact that we just live in a world in which the Republican Party can, without challenge or comment, think about nominating someone like Donald Trump, it just think- really, that's not a good way to end the show because it's a, it just really underscores the extent of our clusterfuck. We've never had anyone going to run for president that had this many FBI investor- investigations around him <laughs> in public and uh, already, you know, a, uh, a, a congressional committee um, saying that he's a felon. I mean, yeah. we've had we've had crooks in, in the in, in the White House before. Let's not kid ourselves. And people who we kind of knew were kind of knew were crooks on the way in. But we've not had people being actively prosecuted on the way to the resolute desk. No. So, or in jail. They could be new. in jail at the time that they're president. It's time for us to wrap up because I know you've got to go, Eric. Er- Eric, Garland, last thoughts? Anything else you want to share with anybody? Uh, keep calm and, uh, you know, and do self-care. On. And, and uh, if the FBI calls, don't lie to them. Peace. At Eric Garland, thank you for being here today. And at Rachel Bitterkoffer uh, from Strike Pack, he left us just like that. But where can people, uh, any last thoughts from you? What do you want to say? Damn, Eric's like, and I'm mic dropping. He, he did tell. He did say that. He was like, I've got a hard out at eight o'clock and I'm out of here. So there you go. That's a beautiful, I mean, it's spring, guys. Even if you don't got the spring weather, you should have the spring fever. Get out there and live a little this weekend and we'll come back and we'll start shoveling the shit again on Monday. Exactly. Thanks very much for being here, Rachel Bittercoffer <laughs> and Eric Garland. Thank you for being here and watching Narrative tonight. Uh, the after show is only made possible because viewers like you support us on patreon.com. So please go to patreon.com forward slash narrative. Good to see you, Rachel. Enjoy the BMX track. Yeah, I'll keep them happy on Twitter, okay? All right. Thanks very much for being here tonight. Have a good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. Join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's patreon.com forward slash narrative.